This episode of Mission in Five is brought to you by my new book, Table Life, An Invitation into Everyday Discipleship. Dr. William Scheel is the president and professor of pastoral theology and preaching at Northern Seminary. He says, This book invites us to pull up a chair to discover a platform for scripture, story, friendship, and covenant. Table Life connects the house table and the church communion table, showing us how to turn our furniture into an altar of love, sacrifice, and devotion for a lonely world. Table Life is available in print and e-reader versions from all your favorite distributors, including Amazon, Judson Press, Barnes & Noble, and Christian Books. To get a free chapter, visit my website, table-life.org, and use the sign-up form at the homepage. Well, welcome to Mission in 5, the podcast, where we ask a handful of questions to ministry practitioners to learn more about who they are and where they see God moving in their community. I'm your host, Greg Mamula. And every week through my work with the American Baptist Churches in Nebraska and my ongoing writing projects, I get to partner with churches and ministry leaders. I'm always amazed at the many and varied ways that God works in our individual communities and when multiple churches come together for mission and ministry. So that's the purpose of this podcast, to share the many things that God is doing and to meet some of the people participating in God's mission in Nebraska, across the country, and around the world. My guest today is the Reverend John Sievering, the senior pastor of Benson Baptist Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Our conversation is filled with very practical advice and helpful uh, ways of going about spiritual disciplines as a community in the local church. During our conversation, we talk about playing rec league sports. We discuss the importance of who is your backup ministry models, the importance of spiritual disciplines, and how to create hands-on worship engagements, even when worshiping from home. Had a great chat with John, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Coming in today. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, we're really glad you're here. And as you know, the format's pretty simple. We're going to ask five simple questions to you, and just to learn more about where you are and where you see God moving in your community. So, John, tell us, uh, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is John Sievering. Uh, I grew up in Missouri in the mm-hmm. Kansas City area okay. and have been in in Nebraska uh, since I was about 12. I've been in ministry since 2009 serving mm-hmm. in a number of different kinds of churches and a number of different areas of ministry and youth ministry worship ministry uh, um, and now as a senior pastor in Nebraska and Iowa and Texas now back in Nebraska. So I've been at Benson since uh, since 2017. You grew up in, you said, the Kansas City area, but uh, not limited to that area. You had spent some time in Nebraska as a youth. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Um, so I was I was born in Chillicothe, Missouri, about an hour, hour and a half outside of Kansas City. And then when I was in uh, third grade, my folks moved out to Western Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So my dad could be a one room school teacher. He found out that, uh, one room schools still existed in Cherry <laughs> County, wow. rural Nebraska. So I wanted to try it out. So we went out for, for my third grade year, moved back to Missouri for a while and they just loved Nebraska so much. Um, they moved back. So, so then when I was in junior high, we moved back to Arthur, Nebraska, where I was a okay. member of Arthur Baptist church for a number of years out there. How did you end up becoming the pastor at Vincent Baptist Church? Yeah, we, uh, my wife and I um, have lived in the Omaha area off and on since we've been married. Uh, mm-hmm. We've loved, loved this area. Um, and so even, you know, I was uh, for two and a half years, I was a youth and worship pastor at, at a church in Logan, Iowa, about 45 minutes from here. Okay. And we used to, uh, used to drive into Omaha to... 
uh, to do our grocery shopping and go to Target. And, uh, and it's the same Target we go to now, just coming from the other direction. <laughs> um, cool. So we've been kind of in the area. Uh, but when we, uh, we've been down in Texas, uh, for a couple of years, I was, I was serving disciples of Christ church down there mm-hmm. and, uh, we were looking to move back, uh, to this area and, and we had some connections at, at first Baptist actually mm-hmm. in here in Omaha. And so, uh, went and talked to some of the people we knew there and, uh, and found out uh, kind of that there were a couple of openings in mm-hmm. the area and they connected us in with Robin actually um we w- met him uh, at a Sunday we visited there at First Baptist and so um kind of found out there were a lot of connections from time I'd spent at at Arthur Baptist Church and people I'd known at camp mm-hmm. um I mean I showed up at my my first uh first interview and the person who opened the door for me was somebody I'd gone to camp with 20 years ago. Wow! And so, um, so you're talking about Moses Merrill Camp and Conference Center? Yes, Mo- yeah. uh, yes, at Moses Merrill. Uh, so when I was at um, uh, in Arthur in in junior high, in the first couple of years of high school, mm-hmm. I went to went to uh, mid high camp, but then I also went to uh, Mad Camp, the music and drama camp. And, uh, and so again, had some, some connections. The previous pastor at the yeah. church I'm serving now was the, was the director of the camp, oh, wow. uh, when I was there. And, um, yeah, so, uh, so some of those connections, uh, sort of led to me being introduced to you all yeah. and, um, and being at Benson now. Very good. All right. So, um, do you have any hobbies, interests, passions, things you're doing when, um, uh, not preaching on Sundays? Yeah, not for the last year or so. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, fair. it's it's been it's been kind of crazy. Uh, but but generally speaking, I like uh, I like sports, watching and playing sports. Um, so we uh, up until this last year had a a church softball uh, league team, and I like to play for that. Um, uh, there's a, a club club rugby team here yeah. in Omaha that I like to play on when I get the chance. So, uh, fingers crossed, there's a, a Super Bowl sevens touch game coming up here in a, a few weeks that I'd like to go play at. Okay. What's that? Uh, What's a Super Bowl seven touch? Yeah. Super Bowl seven. So, uh, basically, uh, just over, over Super Bowl weekend, uh, a group of folks from Lincoln and Omaha that play rugby get together mm-hmm. and, uh, instead of playing a full contact game, um, just play a game of, of touch rugby right. and sevens, uh, is is a a style type of rugby where there are seven people on each team still on a full size team and um and seven seven minute halves so i played played six man football at arthur right. arthur high school and so uh so i love that it's a fun kind fun. of throwback to that yeah my uh i know just a little bit about rugby my sister played in a rugby club yeah. in college and so i've seen a few matches myself and um, I've, I've seen a few on TV, of course, because ESPN throws them up every once in a while. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's cool, man. All right, so tell us a little bit about what's going on at Benson. So I see um, uh, most of the time churches are either involved in some kind of ins- expansion or some kind of consolidation mm-hmm. uh, that they're either looking for uh, kind of new new people to reach out to or are finding ways to strengthen and consolidate what they already have. And um, 
so this has been a really interesting time of consolidation for us, uh, especially over the last, uh, as you said, the last um, 12 to 18 months, we have, you know, everything that we have done, we've, we've had to find, you know, we've had to be able to find ways to do it about four different ways instead of just once. Right. Um, so we, uh, you know, we have a worship service on Sunday morning, uh, but now we have to have it in person, online, over the phone, and on paper. And we have to be ready to do all of those things uh, regardless of who's actually there on Sunday, recognizing right. that there will be times when somebody is suddenly out and not able to be there mm-hmm. last minute. And so uh, so we've been doing a lot of mentorship and training. Uh, we ask people, who's your backup? Right. If you're not able to be there, wow. uh, who knows how to do what you do? And um, when that was lead a couple songs or when that was um, help people find their seats, uh, that, that was a relatively low level of complexity. Right. Um, but when it is, uh, you know, stream, uh, stream a service across two platforms simultaneously while, you know, adding a, a PowerPoint in over the top of it. Uh, it's taken, it's taken some doing and, and we have some folks that have, have put a lot of work into, um, you know, making checklists and, Mm -hmm. you know, here's, here's how to do this, you know, incredibly complex thing that nobody in the congregation knows how to do except this one person, um, and finding ways to train people to do those things. So, wow. Uh, how has that kind of altered the way that you go about pastoral ministry? I mean, it's, it's not just preaching and it's even not even just the administration of a a Sunday service, but there's so many other things that have altered along the way. What's, what's that been like for you? Yeah. It's changed things in, in a, a lot of ways. I think the, the biggest way has been, um, being, being super intentional about making sure that everybody is connected. Right. Uh, there's a certain amount of, um, you know, recognizing, okay, this is our, these are the people who are going to be here on Sunday. And these are the people who are shut-ins, you know, that, mm-hmm. that aren't going to be able to be there on Sunday. And you have kind of two lists. Um, here's how we minister to these different people. Right. Uh, but now we have our physical congregation who's there in the building. We have our digital congregation who is only online who we may not see ever in person. Uh, we have our analog congregation that, um, that they are going to receive things from from us, but but don't do anything over the computer, and then the uh, the telephone congregation that that is able to do some things, um, but but not necessarily going to be involved online, and um, it's been like you said, it's not just administration, but it's finding you know creative ways to. Um, to care pastorally for people in in all different kinds yeah. of situations that you may not see, uh, may not see on any kind of regular basis or ever. This is Caleb Cornelius with Camp Moses Merrill. A week at summer camp is the highlight of every kid's summer. At Camp Moses Merrill, your child can learn and grow while having tons of fun. Campers look forward to fun games and activities like capture the flag, swimming on a hot afternoon, and spending time with friends. Not only do campers have fun at camp, but they are also immersed in Bible-centered teaching and Christian community. 
Our mission is to use the amazing camp setting to share the gospel with every camper. Want to try something unique this summer? We offer several specialty camp sessions. Have a child who enjoys music and theater? Try music and drama camp. Want to take part in local missions? Try mission camp. Want to take the whole family to camp this summer? We offer a family camp. for the- There is something for everyone at Camp Moses Merrill. Visit campmerrill.com for more information or to register. We hope to see you this summer. So I know um, from our conversations over the years, uh, you care deeply about spiritual disciplines and habits of discipleship, growing people in discipleship, growing in your own discipleship mm-hmm. uh, through scripture readings and spiritual practices and these sort of things. Um, how has this new season kind of helped you gauge the spiritual disciplines of your own self, but perhaps even how uh, your growing the congregation are they growing in their discipleship yeah a- absolutely um f- for me personally it's just been um when whenever i'm in times of uh, greater stress mm-hmm. uh which there's been a lot of over the last year sure um i i recognize more readily oh wow i haven't i haven't been doing this well uh i haven't been practicing this well and so it's absolutely been a time of uh, remembering, okay, this is this is not extra for me. This is foundational. This mm-hmm. is a thing that I need to be doing, um, and and finding some new and creative ways to do that. So I have my my personal morning prayer that I'll use um, some different fixed prayers, some different written prayers, um, and I found other you know people I like and trust to kind of add to those. I've been mm-hmm. using uh, Phyllis Tickle's Divine Hours mm-hmm. um, and just recently have been reading through a, a Calvin Miller book on, on Celtic mm-hmm. prayer practices. Yeah. Um, that's kind of an interest I already had, but helped to, to make that more, uh, more consistent. Um, even when things around me are, are kind of crazy or kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. So for the, so for the congregation, that's, that's absolutely been one of the challenges is keeping everybody connected. Yeah. Um, that, that, I, you know, I talked about kind of, having almost four separate congregations um, and and some of the things that we've done to kind of help connect them in practice, not just in one moment of worship, but in how are we doing things is uh, basically by sending out deliberate spiritual practices for the season that we're in. Right. So we just went through... Uh, advent here recently and uh, and we're coming up on on lent relatively soon and so for advent we sent out these advent at home uh packets basically where it had uh scripture readings and um and devotional readings for every day and had a small advent wreath that people could participate in at home you know something just a small candle that they could light and a few different things like that so that um, if somebody was watching online, they could do at home what we were doing online with right. lighting the candle, with preparing their space, with whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and even if somebody was just, if they weren't able to listen online, didn't have the phone, they didn't have anything else, uh, there were instructions in the packet for, you know, here's how to have a devotional time around, based around mm. the, the week of Advent that we're in. Uh, things like that. 
Yeah. So we, we've, uh, we've found that people, uh, don't necessarily always engage in the same kinds of practices. Uh, the same things don't necessarily speak to different people. And so, so we've got, uh, we like to find, uh, tangible, physical ways for people to, to worship and to, to engage in what we're doing. And so, um, we don't necessarily have everything locked in yet, but the theme is going to be pilgrimage. And we're going to be talking about what it means to, uh, to be on a journey of faith and, uh, and to be continually moving, moving closer to God. And so we're going to, and we always have, uh, some kind of group contemplative, uh, prayer practice on good Friday. Okay. We've done, uh, something where we, uh, have people go through the stations of the cross and hold different objects, do different kinds of, uh, prayers, um, you know, write prayers in sand, uh, fold prayers in paper, different things like that. And so that's going to be kind of something that we're moving towards in this season, uh, where we're going to have people walk a labyrinth. Um, and we'll, we'll have different ways for people to do that who are, you know, able to come to the building. Uh, we'll have a, a socially distanced labyrinth. Um, but then I'm also hoping to find some kind of finger labyrinth, uh, for people who are, are going to be doing this from home right. to, uh, to basically be, uh, be looking at and thinking about and reflecting on, but also participating in uh, what does it mean to be on a journey towards God. And so for different, different parts of the, of the season, um, we'll, do, we'll do something for, for Pancake Tuesday. Um, you know, um, in, in medieval times, uh, there was this this idea that um, some of the richest foods in a household, eggs and milk and butter and things, would be getting getting ready to spoil uh, right towards the end of winter as as they were waiting for spring to show up, and so they would make uh, make some kind of rich food out of that. And so at different times in Christian history, people have made pancakes on on the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday. And so one of the things that we're talking about doing is uh, sending out uh, a pancake recipe or maybe even a, a pancake mix and, and to have people have their own pancake feast at home on this Tuesday. So whether people are you know, able to be in the building for worship or not, whether people are uh, able to, to watch services online, um, this is something that we can, can do physically, tangibly, but also you know, something we can do together as a church. That's very clever. Well, I think that's really helpful because it's it's not um, not just that you're sending out content. Um, you're teaching people how to use the content. And I think that sometimes as, as leaders of churches, when we provide our congregants um, materials, we just assume they know how to use it well and how to get the most out of that, rather it be the online streaming service or the devotional or the email or whatever. And I think it's an important step that you've taken to to not only give them the online worship and the phone worship and the devotional materials, but you explain how to use it well. I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was something that pretty early on we realized um, – some people, for some people, worship at home wasn't really worship. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I had thought a lot about different experiences I'd had being in very rural areas where there was no weekly church. Sure. 
And so we had to, you know, find find different ways to worship at home and, you know, reading uh, reading biographies of uh, of earlier centuries where people if people didn't worship at home, they didn't worship at all. Mm -hmm. And so kind of recognizing, hey, you know what, this is this is not a great situation, but this is an opportunity. Um, We want to be together. We want uh we believe that there's something special that happens when the body of Christ is gathered together physically, mm-hmm. but but we can't always be. And so, what can we learn? How can we grow through this? And so, it's been it's been kind of a neat thing. I've heard uh, a, a lot of good feedback about it. And so, we're we're planning on doing a similar thing for Lent. Uh, you know, where we're going to start with uh, uh, possibly possibly different different activities for people to be involved in where they're, we're finding different ways to worship at home, uh, recipes for different, uh, different things and, uh, and different kinds of worship, different kinds of prayer. Yeah. Again, so that people who are listening over the phone, people who are, uh, watching online, people who are in the building, we're all going to be doing the same things at home. Right. Very good. Okay. So, What's next? I mean, do you have anything for yourself personally on the horizon, or is there like a big upcoming thing for for Benson? Um, you've mentioned the, the the content you're creating for for Lent, but um, anything else? Yeah, um, I mean, we're all going to have a a big ritual burning of our 2020 planners. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, we have been really conscientious about. Um, the leadership at Benson and I have been really conscientious about uh, holding our plans with an open hand at this point. Okay. Uh, the next six to 12 months, you know, we have no idea what things are going to look like. We have right. no idea uh, what, what the situation, what the situation around us is going to be. And so, uh, so we have some, you know, things that we would kind of like to get back to. Um, and so we have, target dates for those kind of things but also uh, there's a really intentional process of recognizing um, just reflecting on what God has done in us mm-hmm. over the last uh, 10 months to a year um, how God has prepared us sure and so then uh, so then after that, the, the intentional process is, okay, God has prepared us in this way. Mm-hmm. We can do these things that we didn't used to be able to do. Uh, we have this new awareness that we didn't have a year ago. Um, what, what's God going to do with that? Right. Where, where is God going to use that? And so, um, so more than specific plans about things we'd like to do, uh, a, a lot of it's just a growing awareness of this is who God is making us and, and this is how God might use that. Um, so, I mean, for instance, um, when, when the pandemic first hit, mm-hmm. you know, two days after it, uh, the folks who run our, uh, food pantry had figured out a way to do, uh, a curbside drop-off model, you right. know, two weeks afterwards, uh, our tech folks had us fully online and live streaming. Yeah. Um, that's great. Uh, that that has taught us a lot, and we've grown through that. And so, um, so how might God use that? What what might those new abilities and awarenesses lead us into? Yeah, 
no, I like that idea of holding our plans with an open hand. That's, it's really good spirit and attitude and, um, kind of an ongoing theme with some of the people I've interviewed this for this season of the podcast has been that, um, you can't plan too far ahead and yeah. you've got to have the flexibility to respond where the spirit's leading. Cause you never know where that's going to be. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm not great at that. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was telling my folks, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. I like to know what's coming. Yeah. And so, uh, this has been, um, been a great time of growth for me in that. Yeah. Very good. So how can we as American Baptist partner with you? Um, I, I think a lot of, like I said before, of what we're looking for is, uh, what we're trying to look at is, um, how can God use who we are mm-hmm. and, and where we're at? And so, uh, for me, things like this are helpful just to hear what different people are doing in different places and to hear how God has used similar things. Yeah. And so um, I guess just by continuing to, to stay connected mm-hmm. and uh, and help us uh, hear what God is doing in other places and uh, and continuing to, to support and encourage. Very good. Well, thanks for being on the podcast today, John. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you for downloading and streaming the latest episode of Mission in 5. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to the ministry practitioners engaging in God's mission through the local church in Nebraska and around our larger American Baptist community. Check out the show notes for contact information and links to our various guests. Subscribe to the podcast in whatever platform you like. Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play. We're in all the platforms. Whichever one you use, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you're enjoying the podcast. Send us ideas on who you'd like us to interview for future episodes. And feel free to support us through our abcnebraska.com PayPal link. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.